0: Thank you for tuning in to the latest message from Island Church Dundalk. We are teaching on the Spirit-led life, how we can be led by the Spirit of God, how He can move us, how He can direct us, how He can provide for us, every every aspect of what the Lord has for each and one of us. Amen? The Spirit-led life. Now listen, as I get into these things, I want to encourage you, church, Just because you get saved doesn't mean that you automatically, you know, walk into this. You automatically are going to be led by the Spirit and everything you do. Now, you have that ability to do that. You have have the Holy Ghost. You have the fullness of the Spirit of God on the inside of you. But with many of us, it takes time to trust. Amen? It takes time to to build a little bit of trust with the Lord. It takes a little bit of time to, to build intimacy with the Lord. It's not just like snapping your fingers. Amen? It's not just like snapping your fingers that, for the goodness of God to be able to operate in our lives. We've got to build something with him. Amen. Now listen, we, there, there is something, there is a, a bit of a void, I would guess I say, that's on the inside of each and every one of us. How many of y'all know that? See, ever since before you came to know the Lord, I don't care if you knew him at, at six years old, if you know, came to know him at 50 or 60 years old, there's a void, there was a void on the inside of you that, that needed to be filled, amen? This is that innate desire that God has placed on the inside of us to seek him, to get to know him, to, to desire him, amen? Now, now we as, we as humans, we, we, we wanna try to fill this with anything, amen? I know that because I did it for the first 23 years of my life. Amen. We try to fill it with anything outside of the things of God. Amen. What do we try to fill these things with? With knowledge. I mean, if I just get enough knowledge, man, I'll, I won't hear those things anymore. I'll be, I can press forward and I can do everything that God has called me to do. If I can just get enough knowledge. Amen. But I'm telling you, that won't, that won't fulfill you. If I, can just, if I can just do good enough in my career. And said, so this was me. See, I just, I wanted to press into my job, press in, be the, be the best in the business that I was doing at, make, make, a, make a great living, take care of my family, and then I won't have to yield in what the Holy Ghost wants me to do. Then I have to yield into that conviction that the Spirit of God keeps place on, on top of me, amen? I'm telling you, your career won't fulfill you. You're, you know, and then, then what does it boil down to? Then, then we start filling it when it's not your career, it's not your school, it's not your knowledge. Then they start filling it in with women or men. Amen. And when we find out those things don't fill us up, what do we do? We, we start filling it up with drink. We start filling it up with, with drugs. We start filling it up with different things that, that are, will end up numbing ourselves, amen, to be able to hear what the Spirit of God is trying to lead us to do. It numbs us to where we can't be led by the, by the Spirit, that we, that we start getting numb. We won't even hear that conviction from them. I'm telling you, God desires us to fill this void with one thing in our lives. That's him. He's the only thing that will satisfy you. He's the only thing that you can that you can allow that will complete you as we talked about earlier. See, see, when we get reborn, when when the Spirit of God comes to make his dwelling on the inside of us, we become new. Amen. We become new creatures. Our spirit man becomes completely hundred percent new. Amen? And it is the only thing that will fulfill you. It's the only thing that, that allowed me to push back and say, you know what, I don't, I, this job, it isn't doing everything. I thought working, working you know, 16, 17 hours a week, that, that isn't fulfilling. Amen? But, but getting down, just getting into that presence of him, getting intimate with him, I'm telling you, I've found more fulfillment in those things than I ever have in anything else. Amen, so this is where that drive comes in, isn't it? You know, don't we all have that drive where if I can just do a little bit more, if I can just work a little bit more, if I can just do this a little bit more, if I can do that just a little bit more, it's all, it's all that drive on the inside of us trying to fulfill a void that's there, amen? But quit, quit seeking after that, uh, to fill that void with some things, some secular things or some things out of this world. It's hard, to, it's hard to fill that with the Spirit of God. Allow him to come in and minister to you, amen? So church, I just ask you, Begin to commit yourselves. Amen? I've been saying this since before we went into the quarantine. We need to get to be a people that that even us that have already been reborn, we need to commit ourselves unto him. Commit ourselves into intimacy. Commit ourselves into pressing in into the things of God, to receive the things, to receive everything that that he's already provided for us. But we got to press into that place. we got to press into him. Why? So we can hear him. So we can be led by him. We can be directed by him. We don't have a void. We don't have a, a wedge. We don't have a blockage to where we're hearing from God and hearing what he has for us. Amen. See, how many of y'all know you can know God and not know him? I and mean, you see, you can know Elvis Presley, but not know him. You can, uh, do y'all know who, uh, some of your younger folks, y'all know. Who, you know who Elvis Presley is? Yeah. see. Okay. So you can know Elvis Presley and not know him. You say, what do you mean by that? You can know him. You can see a picture in a magazine and say, you know what? That's Elvis. You know what? Yeah. A song can come on. And even though many of us in here didn't grow up in that generation, you'd be like, man, there's Elvis right there, man. I, I can, I can see him. I can, I, I know who he is. I know, I know things about him. I know history from him. I know him. Right. But see, you really don't know him. I mean, you never got to that place of intimacy with him. You, you never shared a secret. You probably never even shared a conversation with him. See, we know him, but we don't know him. See, many of us think we know God because we've sat in church for many a years or, we, or we've sat and heard you know, the word taught or we've, or we've you know, read through the Bible once or twice. But do you know God? Do you know him? Because I'm telling you, it starts in a place of intimacy. It starts in that place of intimacy to get to know the living God. You know, my wife, my wife and myself, we got married. I think it was five or six years, excuse me, five or six months after we met. Five or six months after we met. And you say, man, that is crazy. Why, why did y'all get married so well? When we got married, we got engaged like three months after we, after we, uh, after we met. But then, and we set the wedding off for a year, but then I moved up to Chicago to, to work, amen? And we figured out a year, that's not going to be very good in separation. That, that may get us in trouble. So she, she, she moved it right on up to about three months after we got engaged. We got married, I think it was five and a half or six months right, right after we met. Why? Now, why could we do that? Because we weren't trying to get to know one another during that time, we we became intimate. Amen. We, ever since we met, we were inseparable. Excuse me. Go pull down my volume just a little bit there. Thank you. Ever since we first met, we were inseparable. Amen. We were inseparable. We we walked. We talked. Amen. We shared secrets. We shared everything between one another, between each and every. We knew, we knew everything about it in, in such a short span of time. I mean, who is going to get married to someone within six months of knowing them and, not, and, they, not, and they know nothing about them? I, well, I mean, there are some cultures around the world that do that. Amen. But, but that's, not, that's not how most, the, the, at least the Western world, it's not how we do things. Right? Why? We want to know someone. We want to get intimate with them. Why? Because we want to share the rest of our life with them. It's the same thing with God. It's the same thing with God, but we have to have that desire. You have to have that desire to press in. You have to de- have that desire to, to share your thoughts with him, to, to share you know, your, your goals and your aspirations, and allow him to share his thoughts, his goals, his aspirations that he has for each and every one of us to get us into the direction that he has us to go to, to, to be, amen? But see, I think I, I, think I see most of the, the problem here with the modern church is that we keep God at like this much of a distance, right? You're like, Lord, I'm, I'm going sa- to get saved. I want to get saved because I don't want to go to hell, but I don't want you telling me everything I need to do, right? I'm just going to keep you right about here, and so if I need you, I can, I can, I can, you know, kind of whisper over there. But then I'm going to keep you. I'm going to keep you at this arm's distance because because I don't want you telling me what to do in my life. I have, I have goals. I have, I have things I want to do. I have, I have a mission for my life. Amen. See, this is me. This is me. I, I kept God at an arm's length for most of my life and, and for, I guess, about 10, 10 years until, until I got in the ministry. Why? Because I didn't want God to call me to be a missionary. I didn't want him to call me to be a pastor of a church. I didn't want to do those things. I wanted to be a businessman. I wanted to be successful. I wanted to drive nice cars. I wanted to do that stuff. I didn't, wanna, I didn't want God telling me what to do. Amen. But see, when I got into that place of intimacy, when I got to know who God was, I got to realize that those things that he had desired for me were things that I never knew I would enjoy. I never knew I would love living outside of Texas. I never knew I'd want to be a citizen of another nation. I never knew that I, that I couldn't stand business. I never knew that I could get up and teach the word in front of people because I used to hate talking in front of people. Amen? But what does it boil down? It boils down from an intimacy. A place of getting to know who our Lord is. I'm telling you, church, we need to pull down these arms. (laughs) of blocking him to come. And I don't, know, I don't know why God loves us so much. You know, I, these are one of those things that is, I mean, I can, you can study these things and you can sense these things, but why God has such an affection towards people that, are, that continue to push back on him, I, I have, it, it blows me away, it astounds me how good our God is. He could, he could have wiped us out and created someone that would have loved them better, treated them better than the way we do it. It astounds me how good our God is. I mean, just as, you know, uh, the Holy Spirit was, was saying through Cynthia today, I mean, our God is, His name is mercy. It is compassion. Our God is so good. Why does he, is He so long-suffering for us? I, I tell you, I have no idea. I can barely grasp it. I tell you what, though, but I'm smart enough to yield to it. I may not know a whole lot of things, but I'm telling you, I'm smart enough to yield into it. I'm, I'm, I'm smart enough to submit into his goodness and allow him to operate in our lives. I'm telling you, church, to be led by the Spirit, you're going to have to learn to be submitted into him. You're going to have to have a desire for him. You're going to have to have a desire for him to move in your life. You're going to have to desire for him to tell you what to, to, tell, yeah, to, tell you what to do. Oh, those, those, those are mean words. Aren't God. No, and to allow him to tell you what to do to keep you out of trouble. When to speak, when to shut your mouth. When to take a right turn, when to take a left. Amen? Why? Because Romans 8, 14 tells us, as many that are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. My favorite, one of my favorite translations in the Passion there, the mature children of God, the mature children of God, the weos, of God, those that those are the, the mature, the ones that mimic, that act, that do things like their father. The mature sons of God—they're moved by what the impulses of the Spirit. It's not—it's not immature to be led by the impulses of the Spirit. It's called being mature. When the Holy Spirit tells you to do something, you step out and do it. When He tells you to back up, you back up. When He tells you to move forward, you move forward. Amen. He is that good. In Proverbs twenty twenty seven. It says, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. The spirit of man, it's the candle, it's the light, it's the torch of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. This, this is where God desires to speak to us. He does not speak to our mind contrary to what most people think. God does not speak to your mind. He speaks to your spirit. He speaks down here. Amen? Why? Because this is where he's searching. He searches all the inward parts of our belly. Remember, we talked about this. We are a spirit. You are a spirit. You have a soul, a mind, a will, and emotions, and you you live in a body, you walk in a body. It is our visa, it is our passport, it is our earth suit to where you can live here on this earth. Amen. This is who God has created us to be, and He speaks to our spirits in these things. He speaks into our spirits. Why? Because our minds can get so off track. Your minds, if you don't renew them with the Word of God, it still well, it still has the ability to be led by your flesh. Amen. To carnal desires. I mean, it can get, it can, your, your mind can get manipulated by knowledge and get manipulated by religious traditions in your life. And it will well, do what? It'll start pushing against what the Spirit wants to do inside of you. Amen? I'll give an example of this. My wife, my wife and I, I guess I, I, could, I could say, we both grew up in the Baptist church. Amen. Now she grew up in the church. I grew up saying I was a Baptist because my family is a Baptist. Amen. I didn't go to church maybe but a handful of times when I was a child. Amen. Now, as I would say, my wife she was she was saved nine months before she was born. Amen. Because she was, she was born in a, that powerhouse you know Baptist church and they and she was in the church probably three days a week every week all the time. She was always in the church. She had the Word of God in her. She was taught as a as a as a as a young child the things of God. And, and praise the Lord, amen? But see, when I, when I started coming up and I started getting serious about the things of God, you know, I had a desire that I wanted more, amen? Because I started reading some things in the Bible and it's like, man, these things happen in the Bible and the books of Acts and different things. Why don't these things happen in the church today? Well, they do. You just got to get around people that believe it, amen? And I wanted more of these things operating in my life. So what I do, I started looking around. I started looking around. I started, I started looking around at different churches, and, and I found myself into some Word of Faith, Spirit-filled churches. And I'm telling you, I didn't know what to think when I started walking into those churches and seeing things I've never seen before. Amen. But one thing I did see is I started seeing people getting healed. I started seeing the Spirit of God move upon people, and it just, and it just grabbed me in. Well, well, they started talking about the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and I, I didn't even know what that was. And I got that explained to me, and I said, like, man, I grabbed it, got a hold of it, grabbed it. Oh, praise the Lord. Amen. I started speaking in tongues. It was amazing. You know, I went and started talking to my wife about it. She was like, oh, you received that? That's class. Pray for me. So I prayed for her, amen? And she didn't, she didn't, she didn't speak in tongues. She, she didn't do anything. No, she received it at the moment. She just wasn't yielding to what the, what the Spirit was wanting to do on her. You say, well, why is that? Because some of that religious tradition she had some of that religious tradition that she had on the inside of her. So, so what happened? We kept on believing God, studying the Word of God, so I kept sitting under church, and we're at one of these uh, ministry meetings, and I'm telling you, one of my, one of my spiritual dads, his, his wife got up, and she started, she started moving, in, moving in the spirit and started talking about the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and my wife was taking care of my wee son, Lane. He was about this big at that time. She was in a, she was in a room over there by herself, and she heard everything that this minister was saying, and what happened? She just released it. She started kicking down those walls. She started kicking down those bricks. That religion started building up on the inside of her. And what happened? The Spirit of God just started flowing through her. The Spirit of God just started flowing. Probably much like many of you guys in here that have grown up under, under different, different denominational churches. This is why I tell you, church, we got to understand, believe the Word of God. It has to pull precedence. The Spirit of God has to pull precedence in our lives over anything. I don't care what your denominational religion says. If, it, if, it, if it's contrary to the word of God, amen, you need to put it in the bin. Amen. Because this has to pull precedence in anything and everything in your life. Anything and everything in your life. Amen. But praise God. Praise God. The Holy Ghost can even lead denominational Christians into the fullness of the Spirit. He can even lead us into truth. He can lead us all into the goodness of God. If what? If we decide to be led by it. If we decide to yield in what the Spirit of God has for us. Amen. Amen. So we know that God wants to lead us, right? We know that the Spirit wants to lead us, but how are we led by the Spirit? This is, and this is a question that most of the church wants to know. Amen. I, know, I understand. I hear you talking about these things, but how does God really want to lead us? How, how does he lead us? How does he do these things? See, most of the church, in most of the church like this, Okay, they believe the sovereignty of God message, right? That everything's just case sera, sera, right? Whatever will happen will happen. You know, if God wants me to do this, he'll do it. If God wants me healed, I'll get healed. If God wants me to prosper, I'll prosper. If God wants me to do this, I'll do that. But I'm telling you, that, that message will get you into a lot of trouble. Why? Because see the adversary will be able to manipulate you with that message. You say, why is that? Because he says, oh, you think, you know, God may want you to have that sickness. Here you go, I'm gonna pour it upon you. I'm going to pour it upon you. Now, now, don't go asking God to get healed on this. Because, you know, que sera, sera. Amen. Amen? Oh, oh you think, you think uh, prosperity, that's of the devil? Oh, I'm going I'm, to I'm pour poverty all over you. Now, don't go asking God. Don't go asking God to, to bail you out. Don't go asking God. I'm telling you, church, we've got to understand what the Word says and what the Spirit of God says in anything. I don't care if I get dirty looks from everyone in here. We have to understand what the Word of God says and what the Spirit of God says because how will God lead us? He will always lead you by the Spirit. 100% of the time, He will lead you by the Spirit He's placed on the inside of you. Without fail, without fail, now, we covered last week how God will not lead us, amen? God will not lead us by the prophets. God will not lead us by the gifts of the Spirit. God will not lead us by your giftings or your own callings. God will not lead you by fleeces, putting something out and saying, God, if you do this, I know I know you want me to do this. God will not lead us by the fleeces. He will not lead us by our own reasoning, Amen. He, won't, he will not lead us by our ability to make a decision on something, but he will always lead us by the Spirit. Now today, I want to talk to you a little bit about how God will sometimes lead us. Amen. God will sometimes lead us by angelic visits. Sometimes He'll lead us by visions. Sometimes He'll lead us by dreams. Sometimes He'll lead us by the authoritative voice of the Holy Spirit. But these aren't things that will happen on a continual basis. This is how the Lord will lead us sometimes. Only sometimes, amen. You say, Well, why do I say, why do I say sometimes? Because it's not the norm. of y'all know that. It's not the norm for God to lead us by angels. It's not the norm for God to lead us by dreams or visions. This isn't how God desires to lead us. How does God desire to lead us? By a spirit. Amen. Well, why would God lead us out in in these different directions? Why? Because there there is something that, that is coming upon your life that may need your attention amen, something that may need your attention upon your life, something that may be riding high either on your life or someone else's, that he wants to, to bring something, a supernatural, spectacular, amen, a spectacular leading that you can grab a hold of when all hell is beginning to break loose around you, amen, but it is not how he desires to lead us in all things, amen. Now, listen, we all want to be led by the spectacular, amen, amen. You say, what is spectacular? I'm talking about you know, angels coming down and visiting you. I'm talking about visions, dreams. I'm talking about the authoritative voice of the God. I'm telling you, it's spectacular. Why? Because you, can, you cannot deny it if the Holy Ghost speaks out loud to you. Amen? But he rarely does that. Why? Because all these things don't require faith. It don't, it don't require faith to you to have a, a dream and, and the Holy Ghost speak to you in it or an angel come and speak to you. It doesn't require faith. And I promise you, if the Holy Ghost ever speaks out loud to you, it does not take faith to know, man, that was God. That was God, amen? It will make you start shivering in your boots from the power and the majesty that's upon it. You won't be able to deny it. I mean, it doesn't take, it doesn't take faith to operate in those things. But, you know, uh, Mark pastor Mark Brazil out of Tulsa he he makes a statement. He says he says if if Many of, us don't, don't, many of us don't receive the, these leadings, amen? Now, now just because someone has a vision, someone has a dream, someone saw an angel, that doesn't mean that everyone in the body of Christ is going to have that, amen? These, these are supernatural, spectacular things, right? Now, now if, you, if you don't, that doesn't mean you're any less spiritual than someone else, amen? What does that mean? That means, that means maybe something big's not on the horizon for you at the moment. Amen, maybe, maybe, you're, maybe you're getting keyed off by what the Holy Ghost is saying to you on the inside and you don't need something spectacular to get your attention. So don't get irritated if you don't have them. Don't get irritated. I'm telling you, I've, only, I've had maybe a couple visions, a dream, and that, that's it. Why? Because I don't, I don't want to lean into those things. I don't want to desire those things. Amen, I, I want to get keen to knowing what? When the Spirit gently says something, then I move off into it. And when he, even if I'm telling you, even if you make a mistake, I'm telling you the Holy Ghost is good enough. He will give you the exit. He will say, you went left and I told you to go right. Amen. He will correct those things. And yet, if we get an ear to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is trying to say to us. Amen. Now listen, in Acts 2.17, it says, And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall see dreams. Amen? Your old men shall dream dreams. Now listen, if the Holy Ghost chooses if He chooses to give us a dream, if He chooses for the gifts of the Spirit to be in operation, if He chooses us to have prophecy take place, we need to take that leading by the Holy Ghost. Amen. But we got to understand that it is backed up by what? It's backed up by the Word and it's backed up by the Spirit of God that is on the inside of us. Why? Because God doesn't want us to rely on the spectacular church. No matter how how amazing it is, He doesn't want us to rely on it. He wants us to rely on the Spirit of God to lead us in everything that we do. Amen. Because God will always lead us by the Spirit of God. He'll sometimes lead us by angels. Sometimes He'll lead us by angels. Turn with me to Acts 27 here. And in verse 21, it says, but but after a long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, "Sirs, you should have hearkened unto me and not have loosened from Crete, and you would have gained. You wouldn't have gained this harm and this loss. You know, you know. I love this. Paul. You know, he, st- he stands up in this boat. Remember, this is the this is when uh, uh, Paul was being in, when he was in chains, going from Jerusalem on his way up to uh, Rome. Amen. Now they're at the island of Crete, and they just got into a fourteen day hurricane that that was trying to. To, to destroy them. Amen. Now, right before they left Crete in verse 10, it says, he goes, Paul stood up in the midst of all of them. And he said, sirs, I perceive this voyage will be, will be of much hurt and of much damage, not only to the lading of the ship, but also to our lives. Amen. But also to our lives. See, the spirit of God, what did he do? He led Paul and he got up and spoke. But what happened to all these Gentiles, these people that didn't believe in God, they said, who is this idiot? Sit down, Paul. What do you, you don't know anything. Kind of, kind of much like when the church speaks for something, people say, sit down, what do you know? You don't know anything. Well, I'm telling you, when you have the spirit of the God living on the inside of you, you know a lot more than most people give you credit for. Amen. Just like Paul here. He said, man, we shouldn't be leaving. You know, the Holy Ghost, there's, a, there's a problems coming about. Amen. They didn't listen to him and said, we're leaving anyway. We know more than you, Christian boy. Sit on down. Amen. Well, what happened? We're in there in the midst of a 14-day hurry. Paul stands back up and he goes, man, I tell you, you guys should listen to me. You should listen to me. Yeah. And we wouldn't be in this, in this pain. He goes, but I understand you didn't listen to me. He goes, but listen to me now. Listen to the things that I have to say to you now. He goes, and now he goes, I exhort you to be of good cheer for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. He goes, for there stood by me, an angel of God, whose I am and whose I serve. Amen. Now, isn't that interesting there? Paul makes a, a, a distinguishing fact right there, right? He says, an angel of God came unto me. Why? Because not angels are of God. Not all angels are of God. Amen. Why? How y'all know? How many y'all know? Satan is a cherub. He is an angel. He is not the brother of Jesus. He is not a son of God. He is an angel. He is a cherub. Amen. And then you got the rest of the fallen angels, the other, the other third. Amen. These now these are not angels we want to hear from. Why? Because they're not of God. Amen. They are they are not of God. He makes a decision here and he distinguishes, distinguishes between the two. He says that uh, who stood before me the night an angel of God, whose I am and whose I served. He said, saying, "Fear not, fear not, for you must be brought before Caesar. And lo, God hath given them all, have given them all that sell with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, be of good cheer." He goes, for I believe God that it shall be even as was told to me, even as it was told to me. Amen. Now listen, was this angel real? It was enough for Paul to believe it. It was enough for Paul to believe. It. I'm telling you, angels are real. They they I'm telling you, you got angels in this room right now. There's angels sitting by you right now. See so everyone's like, oh man, I wish, I wish we didn't have all this you know, social distancing in here. We'd have, all, you know, we could have all these chairs filled. I'm telling you, these chairs are filled in here. Amen. They may not be filled with humans, but I'm telling you, we all have angels in here. Well, they're listening to the word being preached. They're listening to Jesus being praised. They're listening to people getting healed. They're, they are in here participating with us. They were sent for us. They're here for us. What does Hebrews 1:14 say? In the Amplified, it says, Are not all angels ministering spirits sent out by God to serve, to accompany, to protect those who will inherit the salvation? He goes, Of course they are. What, are. what are angels? They're ministers. They're here to serve who? What? The heirs of salvation. Who is that? That's you. God sent angels forth to minister for you, amen, to do what? The, the Word says to do what? To protect us, amen, to, to accompany us. They're here to serve us. They're here to bring forth things that God, provision God has already set out for us. They're here for each and every one of us to serve us. They're here for you. They're not here to, be, they're not here to scare us, as you'll see. Anytime you see an angel of God come forth, they always say, fear not, amen. He'll always say, fear not. Now, you may not be able to see him, church, but I'm telling you, God has assigned them to you. God has assigned one to you. He has assigned one to each and every one of you in here. And I'm telling you, praise God for it. You all heard that testimony. And I, won't, I won't give it the whole thing. But when me and Kimberly and I got into that, got into that car wreck, I'm telling you, all I, like I said, all I see is an angel that had, had both of our, you know, holding both of our chests back to the seat. Why? Because we both should have died in that car wreck going 75 miles an hour, stopping instantly as we hit a truck. Amen. But praise God that he sent angels for us. Amen. Saying, thank, "Thank God, He sent an angel to protect us." Amen. Why? Because the devil will try to take out your life, but praise God, God has an answer for the evil one. Amen. Now, listen. In Luke one twenty six, it says. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent forth from God into a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph out of the house of David into a virgin named Mary. Now we see an angel was sent forth to Mary before, before she was saved, before, you know, Jesus, uh, the redemption came, or Jesus was, you know, resurrected from the dead. It was before that Uh, angel came for what to minister to her. Why did God send an angel unto Mary? Because she's not deity. She's a woman just like each and every one of you in here today. You know, Mary's just like you. She She needed something spectacular. God needed to show her something spectacular that was about to take place. I'm telling you, what took place in her never happened amongst any women ever before, and it will never happen again, amen. What happened? The Holy Ghost came upon her, impregnated her with the seed of the Messiah, amen, without ever knowing a man. I'm telling you, she needed something spectacular. You know, not just, not just, you know, maybe a priest saying something, not just, not just the minister saying something, not just her husband saying, or her fiance saying something. No, God sent forth an angel, why, to stamp something onto her that, that when she got pregnant, she's like, oh, I know, I know exactly what took place here. And, and, she, and she grabbed a hold of it by faith and allowed God to do what he was desiring to do. Amen? To fulfill his word and bring him forth a, a Messiah from from a virgin woman. Amen. Now listen. Now church, we can get silly when it comes to, uh, to certain things in the Word. Amen. We can get silly, we can, take, we can take some of these examples, you can take angels, seeing an angel have a vision or a dream, we can, get, we can get silly with those things and decide this is the only way I want God to lead me. Man, if, if God, if you could just send an angel to me, I will know exactly what you want me to do. If you'll, just, if you'll just give me a vision, if you'll just give me a dream, I'll know exactly what you want me to do. I'm telling you, church, we can get silly, we can start making doctrines out of things that... That God doesn't want us to make doctrines out of, amen? We have one clear reason how the Lord wants to lead us, and how is that? By the Spirit. As many that led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. We cannot get outside of the Word of God and start begging God for the spectacular. We cannot, let me say that again, we cannot get outside of the word of God and start begging God or asking God for the spectacular to be a manifestation in our lives on a daily basis. Why? Because it's not how he, it's not how he desires to lead us. Why? In 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen, 14, many of you know this verse, right? It says, and no wonder for Satan himself masquerades or Satan himself disguises himself. Satan himself puts on a, a mask of himself as what? As an angel of light as an angel of light. You know, see, Satan, you, you, start asking, you start asking for angels to come to visit you. You know, Satan is an angel. Amen. And he, and he will give you all you want. Amen. He'll do anything he can to lead you into discourse, to get you slightly off track if you allow him. Why? Because he'll masquerade as an angel of light. He'll look... You know, hmm. <laughs> Guys, Satan doesn't, Satan's not some red, red-looking creature with a pointy tail and horns on his head. Satan's a beautiful creature that God made. He's beautiful. He's glorious looking. He knows the word inside and out. I'm telling you, God, if you look back in Isaiah, God is putting or not Isaiah, but Ezekiel, God has put forth amazing things on the inside of him where he, he was designed to praise God. Many, many people said he was the worship leader in heaven. Amen. He, he, he was amazing. I'm telling you, he masquerades as an angel of light. If you give an inch, I'm telling you, church, he'll take a mile from you. He'll take a mile from you. So what do we do? We stand on what the Word of God has to say, so we don't allow Him to manipulate us in our lives. Amen. See, I've been over here and one of the first things I noticed when I came over to Ireland, and I love this place. But I'm telling you, Ireland is, is so open to the supernatural, amen, that they that they sort of believe in everything. Amen. They, they desire something supernatural to take place. Amen. Because they've never been really taught the word properly. Amen. They, they want a statue crying, they want, they want angels coming down. They want all these amazing things happen. Well, I'm telling you, if we'll get down to what the word of God says, all you got to do is be led by the glorious God that lives on the inside of you. We don't have to yield into all this other stuff. Praise God if you never see an angel. Praise God if you never get a vision. Praise God if you never get a dream from God. Why? Because you got the God of the universe that created the heavens and the earth and everything that dwells within it. He's living on the inside of you. He's not, not just me. He's living inside of each and every one of you. And he desires to, be, to, to allow you to, he desires for you to allow him to move through you, to talk through you, to do amazing things in you if you will allow it. Amen? If you allow it. Galatians 1.8 says that even, even we, if an angel from heaven preach another gospel to you, than what we have preached, he says, let them be accursed. You know, Paul talking about the church of Galatia, he says, if, if I, even if myself or any of the other ministers with us, or even if an angel comes down from heaven and begins to preach another gospel, begins to get you off course, lead you in a different direction, he says, let them be accursed. Why? Because it's not from God. It's not from God. You say, well, do you have any proof on that? Well, well have any of you guys heard of the Mormon religion? Amen. There's a religion of the Mormons. I've I've talked to them several times out on the street. I'm telling you, lovely people. They're lovely people, but they are, they are off in a different direction from where God would have them to go. You say, why is that? Because an angel came down and visited Joseph Smith. Amen. And got him what? He got him off track to where they even go by another book. They didn't even go by the Bible. I mean, you can ask them all kinds of questions in the Bible and they don't know, but they will know all kinds of things about the book of Latter-day Saints. Why? Because they're not Christians. Millions of Americans have been led astray from around the world. Many people around the world, millions of people around the world have been, have been led astray by their works doctrine that, they, that they've come forth with. Isn't that, why? Because if anything, that preaches another gospel. As a matter of fact, even Paul himself says, you'll be judged by the gospel that I preach. That's in the Word. That's not, that's, not, that's not Ryan speaking. That's in the Word of God. If you if will be judged by the gospel that Paul preaches, well, that's, a, that's a pretty bold statement. He said, not, not by the one that John preached, not by the one that Peter preached, not by the one that James preached. You'll be judged by the one that I preached. The gospel of grace. The gospel of love. Amen. But we got to learn how to grab a hold of these things and not get out of sorts. I'm telling you, because I'm telling you, our adversary is trying just to get you slightly manipulated into a, into a different direction, just slightly off target, just slightly off target. And then he'll, he'll be able to grab a hold of you and, and help you to miss everything that God has for you. Amen. Let's see what kind of time. I've got a few more minutes here. Let me cover one more of these. And I'll make this one not quite as long. Sometimes we can be led by angels... Sometimes we can be led by dreams, but we'll always be led by the Spirit. But sometimes God will lead us by dreams. Now listen, in Acts 2.17, we just went over this verse a second ago and it says, it shall come to uh, come to pass in the last days that God said, I'll pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. He goes, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your men shall see visions, and your your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Now how many of y'all know that it says your your sons and your daughters shall prophesy? prophesy. Amen? That's not just men. Amen? Can, Can I get a nod to all the women in here? Amen? Why? Because women can preach the gospel. It is okay for women to preach the gospel. It's okay for women to move in the gifts of the Spirit. And it says, your, your men and your, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall, dream, uh, shall have uh, see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. That doesn't mean that, that only old people like John here are going to have dreams, amen? That's, that's, not, that's not what the word is saying here, amen? It's talking about spiritually, your spiritually young will have visions, amen? And your spiritually mature, like Brother John here, will have, we'll have dreams, amen? The young men Shall have visions, and the old men shall have dreams. Amen. Now, this isn't. Now, these dreams and these visions here—they're not speaking of a corporate-style vision, your five-year plan. It's not. It's not talking about a. It's not talking about a dream you had because you stayed up too late, you ate pizza, and you watched a bad movie. That's not. That's not. That's not the kind of dreams they're talking about. These dreams and visions that they're talking about is something that. Well, <laughs> There, God will lead us into in, in what he's asking us to do. Now, listen, uh, the Holy Ghost has brought this up to me. You know, I was, talking to, I was talking to a friend of mine this week. He's a minister. And he said, this person that's coming to their church, he said, he said they begin to argue doctrine with him. And, and their doctrine was based off the sitcom Lucifer. And they were arguing with this men, this pastor. They're arguing with them about doctrine off of a TV show called Lucifer. I mean, come on, church. We are in those days that people will not, will not care to hold on to or hold on, yeah, to grab a hold of sound doctrine. They won't yield to sound doctrine. Anytime we think a TV show is gonna teach us doctrine, I'm telling you, church, you need to get yourself checked. Amen. We need to check ourselves. Amen. Now, dreams and visions are supernatural spectacular leading amen that the holy ghost gives us to gives us meaning and gives us and they give us direction amen we don't need to be dream analyzers amen we don't need to be dream analyzers. What, what do you mean by that? See, I've had I've had these friends. You know, we grew up and we grew up and faced the Holy Ghost, spirit-filled things. You know, oh man, I had a dream, and, and I know exactly what this dream. You know, maybe you can help me figure it out. You know, but see, I was wearing white, so I know I was pure. You know, you were wearing black, so that means death. You know, and and all these other things started taking place, and they try to analyze these things and try to try to try to put a meaning onto something. I'm telling you, church, if you have a dream and the Holy Ghost doesn't give you a dream, Direct meaning to what it is. I'm telling you, it's, it wasn't from God. It was just something that you got going into your mind. It was something, maybe some TV that you watch. I'll tell you, you might want to mind the things that you allow into your head from the TVs you watch, amen, from the things you listen to on the radio. Mind the things that you allow to come in because it can't give you some, some crazy type dreams, but we don't need to analyze dreams, it's in Matthew 2, 12, it says, and being warned of God in a dream. He goes, they shall not return to Herod. This is talking about the, the wise men here uh, coming to visit Jesus. He said, they departed into their own country another way. And when they departed, he said, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared unto Joseph saying, take the young child and his mother and flee into Egypt. And there I will bring a word from Herod. Uh, I'll bring a word to you when Herod is, is no longer here, when he's, the, when he's destroyed. And you see in verse 20 that, that uh, he had another dream and an angel came and visited him and told him that Herod's dead, you can go ahead and go back to Jerusalem. Why? Because anytime we have a dream, church, you will know the exact meaning of what God wants you to do. You don't need to call a prayer meeting. You don't need to go ask 10 of your closest friends what, what this dream means. All you gotta is is right here. Point right here. So this, this is where you need to ask. You need to ask the Holy Ghost that's on the inside of you, and he will give you the answer to a dream. Otherwise, it is not for him. Amen? Now I'll, I'll, I'll give you this one for free. Many times we don't need to even share our dreams with other people, amen? Because see, I'm telling you, many people will shoot down your dreams, they'll stomp on your dreams, they'll tell you these things aren't from God, not because they hate you, because they, they, just, they don't know, amen? We need to be mindful of the things that, that God has told us and what, who we share them to, amen? Why? So they, we need to share them with people that encourage us in the right direction. Now let me finish with this. Let me finish with this here. Maybe John, if you'll come up here for a, a, a mature man, if you'll you'll come up here for a minute. You know, many people when I start talking about uh, when I start talking about dreams and how we shouldn't have them analyzed. You know, people say, "Well, what about Daniel? Didn't he didn't he you know go get, get interpret a dream for King uh, King Nebuchadnezzar there?" And I say, absolutely he did, but we gotta know who King Nebuchadnezzar was. Well, who was he? He was a he was a gentile king. He was he was not he was not of the brethren. He was not Jewish. He was not he obviously wasn't part of the church. He he was unredeemed man. Amen. And see when he got, when he got a, when he had a dream, what did he do? God allowed his prophet the prophet of the Israelites, a prophet to stand up and go reveal unto this king what, what was to come or what was to come to pass. Why? Because God was trying to protect his people. I mean, they're they're under, the, they're under the authority of, of, uh, of uh, who was that, Babylon or was that Persia at, at the time? Amen? That would have been Babylon. Amen? They're under that authority and God wanted to protect his people. So what did he do? He raised up this prophet to come talk to him. He raised him up. And what happened? He even promoted that prophet, that prophet Daniel, into a place of, of being able to speak into the government. Amen? We don't need to go around asking people about, about our dreams. We live in a better covenant based on better promises, says Hebrews 8, 6. We're not even under that covenant anymore. We don't have to go, we don't have to go seeking out those things. All we got to do is seek out what God's placed on the inside of us. He is that good and He wants to lead you and and guide you into everything. Bottom line is, church, if you don't know the reasoning behind it, don't yield yourself to it. Don't yield yourself to it. Why? Because as many of us that are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Not not as many that are led by dreams. Not as many that are led by visions. Visions. Not as many that are led by angels. amen. I many that are led by the Spirit of God. But thank God when the supernatural, the spectacular, amazing things come and take place in our lives, praise God for them. Grab a hold of them. Don't let them go because you're going to need it for a reason. Amen? But let's not go seeking after those things. Let's seek after what? how God desires to lead us in every fashion of our lives. Amen? We are led by the Spirit of God for each and every one of us are the sons. We are the daughters of God. Amen. So hallelujah. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for your word. Lord, we thank you for your guidance. Lord, we thank you for the spirit of God that you've placed on the inside of us, Lord. Thank you for your goodness. We ask that you lead us, guide us, and direct us in all things that we do. Hmm. Or we give you permission. We submit ourselves and we yield unto you. I just want to ask you, and listen, I don't don't do this in every single service because I only ask if the Lord prompts me to ask these things. But I want to ask you today, if you know who my king is, if you've ever met my father, because if you haven't, I'd love to introduce you to him today. I'd love to introduce you. It's, it's, it's simple. It's simple. All, the word says all you got to do is believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. And you will be saved. You will be reborn. You will be adopted into the kingdom of God. You'll be taken out of the family of this world. And God will bring you forth into his family, his kingdom. And it will be at the start of the best, most glorious life that you've ever had. But you've got to have to make the decision to submit to it. You have to make the decision as the word has gone forth today. Do you trust in it? Do you want that void filled that, that's on the inside of your heart? Because I'm telling you, you can go after all the, all the crash things of this earth. You can go, you can make all the money in the world. You can have the, the best wife or the best husband in the world. But I'm telling you, if you don't get that build void uh, filled, with the living God, I'm telling you, you're never going to be satisfied. You're never going to be satisfied. So I just want to ask you real quick today, if that's you, just slip your hand up real quick. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to embarrass you today. I just want to, I just want to pray with you. I just want to bring you into the family. I ask you this one more time, and we're going to move forward. If that's you, to slip your hand up real quick. You say, why do I need to slip up my hand? Because this is, this, is, this is our step of faith. We need to step out on what God has for us, amen? So if that's you, slip your hand up. I'm telling you, I don't go with these things unless the Holy Ghost asks me to do it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. (laughs) Oh, I thank you, Lord, Jesus. Father, as we dismiss out of this place today, but we grab a hold of your word. We take a hold of the tradition of this church. Thanking you, Lord, for Psalms ninety-one, where it says that there is no evil that shall befall us; neither shall any plague come near our dwelling place, Lord. For we are we are children; we're sons and daughters of the Living God, dwelling in the secret place of the Most High. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your arms that are wrapped around us. Lord, we thank you for your angels as a hedge of protection. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness that you've poured out on each and every one of us. Lord, we glorify you. We thank you for it. We thank you, Lord, for that protection as we walk outside the four walls of this church. That we're protected on the roadways, the motorways, the seaways, the railways, the airways, even the walkways, Lord, that there will be no wicked plan from a wicked man or the devil himself come in and try to stop us, hinder us and distract us in anything we do. We thank you for the Holy Ghost. That you have given us to lead us, to guide us, and direct us. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for words of wisdom, words of knowledge, giftings of your spirit to come forth. Lord, we thank you for, for words to come forth to the friends and family we come around that don't know you, Lord, that we can reveal your goodness to them. Lord, we thank you that we are an answer to people's prayers, or we'll be a miracle in someone's life. Lord, we glorify you, Lord. We thank you for it. We thank you as we go out and perform the righteous labor of our hands, Lord, that that our companies are blessed because we are working with them. We thank you that they're prosperous. We thank you that people are not getting laid off. We thank you for promotions. We thank you for the responsibility you've given us. Lord, let our jobs become our ministries so we can minister into the people we come in contact with. Lord, we thank you. For the ambassadors of Christ that you've called each and every one of us to be. Lord, thank you here that Island Church, we're covered by your blood. We're empowered by your word and we're anointed by the Holy Ghost. Amen.